Hi, my name is Kate Santangelo. Welcome to the Monmouth Moms podcast, part of the Monmouth Moms Network. Listen in as we bring awareness to the best local resources for growing families in Monmouth County, New Jersey, chat with local moms and mompreneurs, highlight our favorite resources, local spots, restaurants, and more. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Mammoth Moms podcast. This is our fourth episode. We're excited to be back here at Bell Works in Homedale, New Jersey. Uh, today's guest is Emma Lipnicki. She is the founder of Live Like a Unicorn Foundation. Um, really busy, exciting week with the Mammoth Moms. Uh, this week is our um, Halloween spooktacular this coming Sunday on October 30th. Um, so we're very busy getting ready for the event. Uh, lots of uh, lots of moving parts right now, a little hectic, but <laughs> it, it's, it always comes together. So we're excited and um, happy to see everyone in the community. Um, uh, Emma, thanks for joining us today. Just a little bit about Live Like a Unicorn Foundation. Um, uh, they're committed to raising funding for vital research for pediatric brain and spinal cord tumors. Um, they uh, hope to raise awareness for uh, striving to be the good by supporting families and children dealing with the devastating diagnosis of pediatric brain tumors. Um, so thank you again for, thank for, you for having me. coming to uh, to sit with us today. Um Tell me a little bit. Where, where do you live? Uh, in Freehold. Okay. So yeah, that's right. Minutes from here. So we haven't uh, met formally, and we had the the Zoom, Zoom I guess. Right. right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I got to know a little bit about you. How are you from Monmouth County? No. So I'm from North Jersey okay. originally, and um, I met my husband at Rutgers. Okay. And he's from Manalpin. So um, we were living out near Princeton for a little bit, and he wanted to come back. This okay. way, uh-huh. so he dragged me a little bit, kicking and screaming. Um, but I do like it now. Yeah, so. yeah. I like that area though. My um, my grandparents live in like Princeton Junction. Okay, yep. And um, when I was growing up, my dad lived in East Windsor, so like I knew that whole like Mercer. It's beautiful. Like, it, just it's that, it's you know? really nice. And I was working in Princeton, so mm-hmm. it was like a perfect uh, uh, location. It for is me. so beautiful. <laughs> the campus too. We did a little bit of. Um, uh, just touring campuses this summer with my stepdaughter and um, I visited just a handful of like Ivy Leagues and stuff. And I didn't realize like Princeton's really special. Like not only yep. is the campus campus beautiful, but the town is just like so it's gorgeous. gorgeous. So. It's such a nice area. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. So you've been in Freehold for how long? I We've been in Freehold for six, seven years now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. So we're settled now. We're settled. <laughs> we like it. Um, and you met your husband at Rutgers, you said? Yes, at Rutgers. My okay. first week of college. Gotcha. So it's been a long time. Oh, uh, I won't say how long because it'll age me, but it's been a long time. <laughs> um, we love Rutgers. My good friends all went there, and um, my son is actually hoping to transfer there. So great school. Yes. It's great a great um, great place to go to school. What's the uh, restaurant there, the Patachos? Um uh, it's escaping me now. It's like one of the best. Did you eat or? Um... So everything is different. Oh, from it is. When I went. Okay. So we actually there's a group of probably like 15 of us. Okay. That all stay in touch from college, uh-huh. and we do like a grown up night day drinking thing. Uh huh. Um. So we all meet at one of the bars. 
and we spend like a day just all hanging out and reliving college. Yeah. Um, and then it takes me like a week to recover. But uh, <laughs> I know, same. <laughs> none of the bars, none of the restaurants that were there when I was there oh, are the same. Everything's different changed. now. They're very spoiled there now. They have like a Starbucks truck. Oh. That like drives around campus for them. Nice. We didn't have any of that. So, huh. yeah, I, my best friend went, so I would visit her a lot. And then she actually lived in New Brunswick after she graduated, so I got to know like the t- the town pretty well. But um, yeah, that's interesting. I haven't been there in years. We've yeah. gone to like a few games, but otherwise, haven't. Uh, I got to get up there. So, um, so you've been in Freehold, and um, just tell us a little bit about um, you know, your family life. You live with your husband and your son. Yep, and my son and three dogs. Three dogs. Two cats. It's crazy, crazy. in our house. All right, we have two dogs. What kind of dogs? Uh, just all rescue uh-huh. months. So Cute. we've got a 16-year-old who acts like a puppy still, uh-huh. and then we have two pandemic puppies. So are you the dog owner that like is really regimented about like training and like no, getting them okay no we're a disaster yeah like we are too and i'm just so curious like i'd love to talk about that one day or even just have like a dog trainer because my dog's like my, i have a puppy who's 11 months old and a six-year-old chocolate lab who most of the time like sleeps and eats and like she just likes to be lazy but she's bad and she'll like take food off of, like she'll jump like, if we have people over she'll jump try to get their food and then the puppy is like an escape artist and he likes a dart outside oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why am I so bad at this? No, no. I think, honestly, I've realized now, I think it depends on the breed. So we have one mutt that's like a shepherd something, and he's so obedient. He listens. He stays by us. Okay. And then the other one is a hound something from, uh-huh. like, down south. And she's a lunatic. She's caught um, a snake, a bird, a chipmunk that she brought into the house. Like, okay. They're... I think it's breed. That's what I'm telling myself to make myself yes, feel better, yes, but you know, maybe not. Yeah, because I mean, so many dog owners are, you know, part of the family. You know, they have children, right? Yeah. You know, and it's busy, right? And I work from home. It's not like the dogs are neglected and they're, you know, I leave them home all day long. Like they're we're present, but they're just just terrible. (laughs) I love them, but they're, you know, they're, um, they don't listen to me. (laughs) I need, I need a dog trainer. I need the dog whisperer. I actually just started watching like some of the shows and I was like, I can't. Yeah. No, I, I, (laughs) so, um, so on a more serious note, um, you know, again, thanks for first, you know, sitting down with me. Um, we met initially because uh, Live Like Unicorn is actually a, uh, the beneficiary of the um, Mammoth Moms Halloween Spooktacular yeah. this year. Um, I love to pick, so you know, Lord, yeah, um, we're excited to have you. I'd love to pick a local organization for each event um, just to give back to the community. Um, it's it's amazing how, you know, our uh, network, you know, has really grown over the years, and it's nice that I can, you know, really pick. Um, a local organization that I really feel is making an impact in the area and doing good, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm happy to have you, but um, you know, I'd love to learn more about uh, Live Like Unicorn and how it got started and, and your story. Yeah. So um, it was 2019. Okay. My daughter, Olivia, Liv, um, she was like a very active kid. We um, had taken her snowboarding and she, I don't know, like three, four days later started complaining of shoulder pain. And we really just thought it was from falling and, you know, muscles or whatever. And it was getting progressively worse. I took her to the orthopedist. They said it was probably just a sprain. And it just, I just felt that like in my mom gut intuition that something wasn't right because mm-hmm. it was just getting worse and worse. So after two weeks of probably like seven or eight trips to the orthopedist mm-hmm. and they kept dismissing me, I was like, you know what? 
I just know something's not right. So I put her in the car. Um, we drove to the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And we went through the emergency room. And they said, well, it's definitely, there's no fracture. There's nothing that we can see on the scans that she's had. So we're going to put her through a quick CT to see if we can pick up anything. And they just, at first they thought it was like a nerve issue. Um, and they just happened to catch her spinal cord um, her upper spinal cord on the imaging and they found a tumor. Mm. Um, she had just been playing in a soccer tournament like a few weeks prior and they were like, she's got, um, you know, something that's not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. So of course you're not thinking that ever, right? You're never thinking that we're the family that this is going to happen to. So yeah. we were admitted right away. She had a 14 hour surgery um, and they told us, you know, she's probably going to come out with deficits in her spinal cord where all her nerve endings are. So she came out of surgery. She couldn't really move her legs and her uh, right arm. Um, And they really kind of prepared us like she might never walk again. Mm -hmm. And we'll give you the pathology. You know, we have to send it out. It'll come back like a week later. So obviously, like our whole world was turned upside down. Um, We got the pathology back and it was the most aggressive form of pediatric cancer, something Mm -hmm. called um, was a high grade glioma, which um, has the histone H3.3K27M, which is the most deadly mutation in childhood cancer. Uh, They told us there were zero treatment options. Anything that we did was palliative care and to go home and make memories. Wow. So obviously, like, you know. Your whole world is turned upside down. Um, we kind of threw ourselves into like making a plan and research because I was like, what do you mean? There's and this no is top op- too, yeah. right? Like the, yeah, yeah. one of the best right. hospitals in the country. And I'm like, what are you talking about? There's no treatments for this kind of childhood cancer. Mm-hmm. So um, long, very long story, a little shorter. Um, we ended up getting her radiation at uh, the Rutgers Cancer Institute. So okay. I would be driving her there every day. Um, and she was how old at this point? She was eight. She was eight. Okay. And my son was in kindergarten. He was six when okay. we were going through all this. So she was in second grade? Yes. Okay. The, no, um, yes, second grade at mm-hmm. this time. Um, and uh, we were doing PT, OT every day. She ended up regaining her ability to walk, mm-hmm. which they never thought she would. Um, she was like in a quick amount of time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was a tough cookie and was just working really, really hard. And we had an amazing physical therapist at the children's specialized hospital Mm -hmm. and she just pushed her really hard. And, um, she ended up regaining her mobility for that. And, um, we ended up enrolling her in a clinical trial out of NYU. Okay. Um, so during that time, she was definitely starting to make progress, do a lot better. And we kind of were hopeful that. So you call like, who did you, you found this clinical trial? Yeah. And so, so who did, how did you even know like who So luckily or? my husband's in pharmaceuticals. Okay. Um, and he is very smart with all of this. It was not my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was throwing himself into researching all these clinical trials. I was teaching myself how to become a neuro-oncologist within like a few weeks. Um, And we found this clinical trial out of NYU that she was a candidate for. Uh And we luckily had some connections, made a few calls and got her enrolled um, in that. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it was going pretty well um, until that summer. Um, 
she started to get really bad headaches again. And for those who aren't versed in, you know, tumors, um, it's bad news when your kid starts getting headaches because it's all the intracranial pressure. Um, and it sometimes means that uh, your fluid isn't draining, right? So um, we ended up at Jersey Shore Hospital and with a really bad headache. Um, she got discharged. We went back and uh, the next morning we got admitted. The next morning we tried to wake her up and she was unconscious. Oh, my gosh. And um, it was way over, you know, it was like a Sunday too. So it was like way over their head. We called our oncologist in the city and um, we ended up getting her back to NYU and she had emergency surgery um, to place a shunt in her brain to help um, move all the fluid. And after we got scans, then we found out that the cancer was just everywhere. So yeah, it was in her brain, in her spinal cord. It was everywhere. Wow. So, um, it was, we were, like I said, admitted to NYU then placed on hospice mm-hmm. and we lost her six months or six weeks after she was admitted, but it was nine months to the day Wow. that she was diagnosed. That's how quickly it went. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, it's just a, a heartbreaking story. And, you know, I've, you've, I've, I've read about it and you've actually, you know, told me pieces of it before, but it's really just, you know, I, I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you. Thank you. Really, you know, I can't imagine what you, you've been through. Yeah, it was um, obviously a lot. But while she was sick, we kind of told her, you know, in eighth grade language, in eight year old language, what she was going through. Mm-hmm. And she said, what do you mean? Like, there's no yeah. help. And we didn't realize before she was diagnosed that only 4% of funding goes to pediatric cancer. And of that, only 1% goes to uh, central nervous system tumors. And that's the number one cause of death by disease in children. Yeah. Um, So she was like, I want to do something about it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a fundraiser. So we said, okay. And um, she had done something for her soccer team, a clothing drive, like a few months prior. And she was like, I want to host one in our front yard. And I said, okay, I'll help you. So we kind of blasted it all over social media. And her and her friends did like a bake sale. And they ended up raising $10,000 Wow, that weekend. So That's incredible. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> and that's kind of how our foundation was started. And she loved unicorns, right? She Yes, like any other eight-year-old girl. Yeah, she yes. loved unicorns. And so she named the... So she need yeah. to live like a unicorn. Right. Yep. Oh, I love that. So, um, so you had the logo and everything like at the time or kind of all, uh, no, I think I, I think I had like made something online and pieced something together. Okay. And then a friend of, um, mine after we became official, after we lost live, she jumped on board and was like, let me help you. Okay. Um, one of the moms from school. So, wow. So this is still 2019 when she passed. Uh, yeah, she passed November 6, 2019. Okay. Um, so it's only been It'll, It'll be, be three years, years. Uh, yeah, wow. in a couple of weeks. Um, so this is pre-COVID, right? Yeah. Um, the, like the world has completely, you know, obviously changed, you know, in, in this three very long and, and short years too, right? This mm-hmm. kind of flown by. Um, so what, you know, what was that like, you know, at that time? What, you know, what was that winter like for you and your husband so and your son? So it was crazy because we lost her mm-hmm. and kind of then rushed through the holidays right and then the pandemic hit right in march so we had no option but just to like sit around at home mm-hmm. the three of us which for us i honestly think that it probably was one of the covid which i know has decimated so many people but for us no there were so, so it was, linings, yeah it was one of the best things that could have happened because we were 
you know, when Liv was in treatment, our son was being shuffled from like person to person. Mm -hmm. We were never home. We disappeared for six weeks. Right. We were parenting him through FaceTime. Um, so we really got to like hunker down as a family and like kind of figure out our new normal, mm -hmm. work through like some of the beginning stages of grief and kind of settle into it. Right. Um, so for us, it actually was a little bit of like a blessing. Right. No, I could see that, you know, like not, you know, spending time apart, right? Yeah, and, and there were being... no distractions yeah. from anything, right. which I guess was like, you know, obviously really hard too, mm -hmm. but it did make us do like a lot of work to kind of figure it all out. So she was perfectly healthy up yep. until she was eight. No, perfectly healthy. Just the normal, um, you know, yeah. ear infections or just normal yeah. stuff, right? Ear infections. Um, yeah. Just, just typical kid stuff, you know? Wow. And it was just, she just com started complaining about pain and then it just kind of rapidly. Yeah. And is that, obviously, you know, so much more now in the last three years from, you know, since you founded this organization, have you, do you, is that common? Like that it comes so, on so rapidly? Um, yeah. And we basically won the bad lottery is okay. really kind of the, listen, they are so much more research mm -hmm. um, that needs to be done, but uh, yeah. It just comes on like that. I have a girlfriend of mine who's on the board and um, her daughter just started losing balance. Okay. And that's how they found her tumor. Yeah. I've heard um, that before. The, the I don't know what it is about the balance, but yeah, yeah. Because it throws off all the hydrocephalus okay. and your, um, like I was talking about before, like all the pressure in your brain right. makes you dizzy is one of the things. So um, the tumor basically puts pressure on the ventricles of your brain. So you're fluid isn't draining as it should. Okay. So, um, on the first time we spoke, um, I think I asked you like, you know, you, you experienced lots of different things in those nine months while she was going through treatment, but there were, uh, a lot of glaring issues within like the, you know, just the experience of going through such a, you know, just a traumatic, um, time in your life with your family and how broken the system is for, for kids with pediatric cancer. Yes. Um, so just tell us a little bit about, about, you know, so like I said before, I think the funding is not there. Right. So I think that, um, you don't have with some diagnoses, right? Like leukemia, childhood leukemia used to be a death sentence and now they've gotten so much funding that there's some really great treatment options. Okay. But I think that brain tumors and central nervous system tumors aren't there yet. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the expenses, I didn't realize, like I knew health insurance and we had great health insurance and that was great. Yeah. But, um, you know, we were driving into NYU. It was tolls. And then every time we parked, it was $50. So, um, you know. And at the hospital, $50. At the hospital, yeah. Wow. Well, because it's NYU, so you have to use a private parking garage, oh. like, all over the city. They don't have a parking structure there, right? Okay. So every time we went to clinic, and, I mean, even in New Brunswick, I would have to park at the George Street parking lot, mm -hmm. and that was – I think 20, 30 bucks, something wow. like that. So when my husband and I would sit down at like the end of the month and look how much we were spending on parking, it was insane. Wow. Um, I think that people don't think about those kinds of things, mm -hmm. like those expenses. You right. think like medical bills and that kind of cost, but like everything else. And you're there, insane. you need to eat. You're obviously not making dinner at home, right? Mm -hmm. Or would you, were people bringing food with them? So we were really lucky. Um, we had a bunch of people really help us. Okay. Um, we had a meal train set up in the beginning mm -hmm. and then towards the end. Um, 
a girlfriend of mine knew uh, someone at Eat Clean Bro, and they were amazing and donated wow. a gift card to our family because um, there's a lot of research on uh, high-protein, low-carb diets for kids going through cancer okay. treatments. So we were really luckily able to, like, order food and have it delivered because, yes, the last thing you want to do when you get home from, like, being in the city all day or wherever is cook. Yeah. So it gets expensive just, you know, yeah. if you don't have that. You know, there's some families that, you know, maybe didn't have the, the means or the, you know, just the people that knew about their situation. And like, that's what my husband and I always say that another silver lining I'm always trying to find is that the amount of support that like our school community, like our freehold community, um, people that we went to college with and his work family, like were absolutely amazing. Wow. So, um, so, you know, COVID happens and, uh, tell me a little bit about kind of how Live Like a Unicorn continued to, to so, grow and evolve. So, uh, we became official January, 2020 okay. and then, yeah, COVID hit. So we, um, were trying to find out like, how do you get the name out there mm-hmm. without having, you know, any, um, events and <laughs> and what was your background like um so i was a special education teacher for okay. kids with autism oh wow um yeah my until i had children and then i decided to stay home mm-hmm. um and then i got really involved when we moved to freehold i didn't know anyone so i got involved in the school and the pto and kind of picked up some of these skills like through that a little bit right uh but i always joke i'm like flying by the seat of my pants trying to figure it all out yeah Well, you've done an incredible job, but yeah, it's, you know, it's really got, you know, taking some uh, serious, serious, you know, um, acknowledgement in the community, which, you know, is so nice. I think, yeah, it was, we had those two months before COVID hit to kind of get our name out there mm -hmm. and like say what we were doing. Um, Jersey Freeze was amazing. Um, I've become friends with Katie, one of the owners, and she called me and said, Liv's birthday is February 19th. Mm -hmm. And um, she said, we want to do something for like Liv's birthday. What do you think of doing? Like, we'll do like either an ice cream or like a shake or something. Mm -hmm. And they had done a fundraiser for us when Liv was sick. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's see how it goes. Right. And it was unbelievable. I mean, the lines were like wrapped around the building. Wow. Um, It really helped us kind of like start and get our name out there. And really, like, understand what the possibility, the opportunity yeah. was at hand as to, you know, the impact you could make exactly. for, for awareness, right? Yep. Um, so what are some of the things that, you know, you started doing in the beginning and then kind of how it's evolved into to what you're doing so now? So in the beginning, I think um, we were trying to do, like, TikTok challenges. I've definitely learned, like, that was a little bit of a flop. Uh-huh. I am not social media savvy, which okay. is, like, I know my weakness. Um, we were selling T-shirts. We were just trying anything we could to really get people engaged somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, We, I think, flash forward, we did hold that clothing drive that year. um, But I think we pushed it. Normally it's in May. We did it in like July. Okay. And that was like another great um, event. But the first year was just trying to figure out how to even start a foundation, how to run it and yeah, like do all little the, fundraisers. Like just the administrative stuff, setting mm-hmm. it up. I yeah. wouldn't know any of that. So <laughs> Yeah. I, like I said, I'm still learning. Um, right. We did a virtual 5K, which was wow. great. Um, but it was trying to find ways to still hold events and get people involved through 
you know, really virtually. Right. I see um, just some other local organizations, they do like, they'll uh, run like in a big marathon or like, Mm -hmm. you know, just try to get some type of, you know, press release where they're, they're doing something a bit more extreme to, to, I guess, you know, get people to look at it and raise awareness, which you don't, when you're not even thinking about it, you probably don't even look at, you know, you might be interested in one thing, but you don't, you don't know like what extremes people go to, to really like exactly. capture that awareness. And yeah. it's not easy. I'm sure it's not. And especially like, I'm still at the end of the day, like this was formed in grief, right? Like right. I'm still a mom, like grieving the loss of my child and, but trying to like take it and do something with it. Right. Um, which sometimes I think like, as we get further away from losing live, mm-hmm. like, how it started gets lost sometimes, you know, but has it helped you overall? It does. Like, this is my, honestly, this is like my therapy. Cause I think if I just like sat at home, there would be days that I couldn't get out of bed, but we have so many families that we're supporting right now that like, I have to keep going, keep going. Right now. Oh, that's really incredible. Um, so, so what do you do now? Um, like the last year, I know you've done a ton of different things, but what (laughs) (laughs) Um, you're always busy. There's lots of events. (laughs) Um, We do a lot. So, um, we, let's say we've done uh, a soccer tournament through the town that we live in, which is always like a great event because Liv was a travel soccer player. So that was the summer. Yeah, that was in, okay. August. Yes. We had um, a golf outing in August that was hosted uh, by Woody's in Farmingdale. We were the beneficiaries of that, okay. um, but also one of the owners sits on our board. So that was nice. Uh, one of our other board members hosted a softball tournament, um, and that was all this summer. <laughs> it's chaos. Uh, one of my favorite events, though, that we have um, every July, we hold an event called Christmas in July. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Ann Ellen's tree farm in Manalpin, this is, was the second year that they hosted it for us. Um, I learned that when we were in the hospital, I didn't know what a child life department was. Mm-hmm. So basically they're like these amazing people that come in and are just like fairy godmothers for all the kids in the hospital. So they bring toys and crafts and activities because you're sitting there all day mm-hmm. And you have nothing to do. So they bring tons of things to like entertain your kids with. They also help talk to them about like any medical procedures and things that they're going through. But um, we work with about 15 hospitals and centers right now. Okay. Um, And we got a lot of feedback that, yes, it's really great that you're bringing toys in Christmas, but no one's thinking about the kids in the hospital in the summer. Right. So that's kind of how our Christmas in July event started. Um, and then I wanted to do something for our families that we support locally to be able to come and just forget about cancer for a day and just have something magical. Right. So they come, we arrange family photo sessions for them, um, that a lot of them use for their Christmas cards, which I love being able to see, um, or their holiday cards. Uh, we get Santa comes and gives them all gifts. We've got, um, a little boy who's Jewish, but obsessed with Santa anyway. Uh So it's like, great. It's the only, you know, he gets to see him. Um, this year we had princesses come, um, we have local vendors that come and it is open to the public. It's kind of a nice way for uh, people to see kind of our mission and what we do. And then we collect toys. So, um, we were able to stock 
yeah, 15 hospitals this summer with wow. boxes and boxes of toys. So oh, that's great. incredible. And that's, you know, not so much the norm. You know, there's a lot of organizations out there and ways to give back and drives that are held. And it's not always as successful, right? In yeah. terms of what you gather and like the amount, the volume. Yeah, that, that. it's, um, we've been really lucky with uh, a bunch of businesses have like jumped on board to support us, a bunch of people in the community. I have a great list of volunteers that come and like, go to businesses and help, um, you know, solicit places to put our collection boxes. So we've been very, very lucky with the amount of support that we've gotten. Wow. So you um, give back, obviously, toys to the different hospitals, and then um, you also raise uh, funds for... Right. So we raise funds for research. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, there are zero viable treatment options for uh, this kind of cancer, but in brain tumors in general. Um, <clears throat> and also the, um, some of the treatment is used on adults, right? Yeah. yeah. So there are only six drugs approved for pediatric cancer. Okay. Um, most of the drugs that these kids are getting are adult drugs and they're being titrated down for, um, them. So the kids that do survive these treatments have a litany of health problems, heart problems, vision, hearing loss, um, girls that go through, um, pediatric cancer are more likely to develop breast cancer as they get older. I mean, it's, I've learned so much and it's actually, I think that's why I'm so passionate about trying to share our story and stories of, you know, other kids, because it's just, I I can't believe that I, you know, my knowledge of pediatric cancer before Liv got sick was like a St. Jude's commercial. Right. The same. Every Saturday. And I would like sit in bed and Mm -hmm. cry. And my husband's like, why are you watching this? I'm like, I can't believe kids go through this. And I've just learned. um, Yeah. A lot. So yes, we support research. Um, as of now, we've done a little bit over half a million dollars in two years. Wow. Uh, yeah. So we work with doctors um, at the Children's Hospital in Philadelphia, um, some of the top neuro-oncologists throughout the country. So we've given to Boston Children's, um, Seattle Children's. So yeah, that's a big uh, kind big of part of what we do. Wow, it's incredible. Um, and why is it so underfunded? Like, do you? Have- I, I think there's a couple of things. So, pediatric cancer is um, deemed a rare disease because we don't have as many as uh, huge of a number mm-hmm. as something like breast cancer or colon cancer. So that's number one. Um, it's not profitable for pharmaceutical companies um, to invest in these drugs. It's a liability if they open a clinical trial and it goes poorly. Oh. Um, so, and I think in general, people are very uncomfortable talking about pediatric cancer because you don't want to think about it could happen to your child or, you know, some. It, it's people definitely get uncomfortable with it. So there's not a lot of money that goes into it. Wow. Um, since I've been following you, I think there are certain other accounts pop up, you know, and I know some, I'm following some of the, the children that, you know, are, are going through it right now. And it is, it's just absolutely heartbreaking, but, um, but you know, the, I would not have been aware, right. Had yeah. I not met you and I would not be, you know, helping to give back to, you know, to different families that I see when I can. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, it's, it's very eye opening. but you know, you are making an incredible impact in, in the you. community. Yeah. You don't really realize how many people are going through it. And that's why it's, um, we started a family assistance program. Mm-hmm. So, so many of these families are driving back and forth to the hospital. And like I said, like for us, it was tolls. Um, but with gas right. and the prices that it is now. So we do a family assistance check that I literally 
give them a check and say, put it towards what you need. So yeah. if you need gas, if you need, if you want to door dash your dinner, you know, because you don't want to have to cook every night, like mm-hmm. use it for that. Interesting. And they, not, not only that, but they also have to take time off of work or maybe take, stop working completely. Well, normally one parent does. Yeah. There's no way that you can do it. Right. Uh, working. And that's an incredible hardship on, mm-hmm. you know, a, fa- a family unit. So I don't care, you know, if you have means or you don't, it's, you yeah. know, it's, it's incredibly impactful for, for the family. So how is your son doing through all of this? So he, um, was six at the time. Okay. He's going to be nine in, uh, oh my God, no, he's going to be 10. Oh my gosh. He's going to be 10 in March. So he is now older than his sister ever right. was, which is like that wrapping my mind around that was a tough one. Yeah. Um, but he is, I think this is the first year since everything that he is actually like found his stride. He's really doing well. He's on a, he's has great teachers at school. He's got some really good friends. He's on a great new soccer team. So he is doing really well. Um, he helps a lot with the foundation. Mm-hmm. He, um, you know, meets a lot of the kids that we support. I think that helps him to kind of, I really wanted him to learn the lesson that when something bad happens to you, like you can't just give up. Right. Like I wanted to teach him about resiliency and empathy and all of that. So, uh, yeah, he's, this is the first year I can say that he's doing really, really well. And he probably enjoys, you know, some of the events that, that mm-hmm. you have. And um, I hope that you're going to bring him to the to the yeah. Halloween event um, because he probably feels like he's part of, you know, and it's probably helped his grief too, right? Yeah, it does. Um, his school has been really great. They do a walk-a-thon um, every September for pediatric cancer awareness. Wow. Um, we uh, do something in February for Liv's birthday. I mean, like his... One of his favorite things to like remember Liv is to go to Jersey Freeze on her birthday. Okay. And he'll go and he'll make the shake with Katie and Matt and um, stuff like that. I think when you lose someone in your family or your child, especially, you want to keep their memory alive. Mm-hmm. And as time goes on, I think it's more and more difficult mm-hmm. as your story gets further away. Right. But when people do things like that, it really, really helps him because he loves talking about her right. all the time. Oh, that's so nice. So yeah. she's not, you know, she it doesn't feel, you know, maybe uncomfortable bringing her up, right? It's, she's yeah. so present and she's still, you And know, that's what a- I wanted to make sure, I think, because I think people get uncomfortable with grief and loss, mm-hmm. but when it's a child, it's even worse. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to flip that script and that narrative. That's why I'm so open. I write kind of like a little blog sometimes on uh, yes, the uh, foundation page yes. uh-huh. that, um, I want people to realize that we, yes, we, we want to talk about Liv. We want to remember her. And I think so many grieving families feel that way about their child, Mm -hmm. especially. And I love too, that like, you know, if you're having a bad day, you're like, you're very candid about it and you'll try to, you know, you'll you'll write so, you know, eloquently and beautifully of, of just how you feel that day and that's okay. Right. Yeah. And you know, you're, it's not, you know, you're not just, you know, you see pictures maybe of, of your family and you're smiling and, but still, you know, the days are, can get a little dark, but yeah. that's okay too. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Like it's okay to sometimes not be okay. Right. And I think I'd be worried if I was okay. Sure. All the time, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, well. Um, so what do you, I always like to ask, um, what do you and your family like to do now? You know, when you're not obviously, you know, working on the foundation, your um, husband's our working. life is really taken over by soccer. Okay. <laughs> so like I said, my um, son does travel soccer. Uh-huh. So that's a lot of the weekends. You yeah. will find us on, um, the soccer fields all day, every day. Great. Um, but, and then we love, you know, going out to dinner, um, at the three of us. What so, are your favorite places? Uh, last night we went to Nettie's. That's oh, one of our, that. oh my God, that's, that's so one good. of our favorites. <laughs> my it's pants so are a little good. tight this oh. morning after all that pasta, it's, but, um, it's probably, I mean, I don't know. It's, I, I don't like, to, I don't know. I, but it's definitely like top five for me. Oh, I, love I love it. it. Maybe top three. I, love I know it. it's, it's so good. <laughs> it's one of our favorites for the like, steak is so good. Oh my God. Oh, I haven't had it. Oh, it's delish. We have like our set thing and my son loves the mushrooms there okay I've had which, those. like I don't actually even think he knows that they're mushrooms and I'm not gonna tell him yeah. because then I think he won't eat them right and he just like by the handful oh, loves funny. them so um that we're always at Jersey Freeze either getting like milkshakes after soccer or you know burgers or whatever yes the food is so um, great there oh my god I love it uh so yeah I think going out to eat is that a hobby is that it's my hobby <laughs> I love it <laughs> I'm like, I don't have to cook. Let's go. It's my favorite thing to do. I could talk about, I, my background is in wine and, um, I, I, hospitality primarily. So I could talk about food and and Uh, places to eat all day long. Yeah, (laughs) I know. That's what my husband and I were talking about the other night. I'm like, Oh God, when people say like, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? I'm like going out to eat and having a cocktail. (laughs) (laughs) That's a hobby. I don't know. Like, I think people talk about like cooking, you know, I watch cooking shows. I'm like obsessed with Ina Garten. I have like ordered like two of her latest cook she has one coming out next week so I know. it's like i'm pre her you did i oh went to a gosh. book signing when i was like eight months pregnant oh. in um in philly wow. i'm obsessed with her i love oh, her obsessed. i know you know what because every recipe t- turns out like amazing it's foolproof which is actually one of her one of her books <laughs> i know it is my yeah. son's beaver is um her tomato soup with like the grilled cheese croutons oh my gosh I love ridiculous it. i make her recipes like all the time she has a show now where she i think it's called be my guest or be my guest with ina it's on one of the, I don't know. I so I literally most of you know outside of the podcast, I sit in front of a laptop all day yeah. long, and then to you know not pass the time, but a lot of it is like you know just writing and following up on emails. So I usually have like something on you know to kind of pass the time. And um, so I've been watching her show, and she brings on like different celebrity her. guests. So yesterday it was like homemade Caesar dressing and like cr- and like baguette croutons. Mm. And like, it's just the simplest thing, but you know, you just want to go run out and make it. <laughs> I love her. I love her it. lasagna is still like my go-to. Oh, I haven't made that either. Oh, I so joked fun. with her when I met her. I was like, your lasagna is why my husband married me. Oh, funny. Yeah, it's good. It's so good. I got to do that. That and um, I make a very, uh, fajitas. I mean, she has oh. like this very simple, but they're like that. killer. Killer. And that, her, everything that she makes everything. is good. All her soups, though. Oh, like really? Her Italian wedding soup. It's delicious. Oh, I got to do that. That's like mm-hmm. one of my favorite soups. Me too. Hmm. Got to check that out. We got to go hit up some uh, some restaurants around Mama County. Yes. <laughs> Together. Mm-hmm. Restaurants and bars. <laughs> my fave. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for joining us today and, and sharing your story about Liv. It's really, you know, obviously goes without saying is touching and you're, you know, touching so many families in the community. Um keep doing what you're doing. We'll do everything that we can to support you to promote, you you know, your events locally. And, and, you know, even sometimes if you get to the the national, um, you know, 
uh, level. What's well, what's ahead is, for you this this so next year? <laughs> that is where we're headed. Okay. Um, so something that I didn't talk about a little is we have uh, something called our Unicorn Box program. Yeah. So it started when Liv was in treatment. She was on a clinical trial and she had to take her medicine every Thursday. Okay. She would wake up on Thursday, Thursday night. So she would wake up Thursday morning, just, you know, in tears, distraught because it tasted horrible and it made her not feel great. Mm. And a girlfriend of mine started dropping little presents off on Thursday morning. So she would kind of flip that and wake up and be excited on Thursdays instead of Uh, dreading it. So it would be, you know, anything from like something for her room, a Lego set whatever it was. So when we started the foundation, that was one of the first things I did. I made up this thing called unicorn boxes and we would send kids um, in treatment, surprise packages of, you know, toys, crafts, whatever it is. Um, So we really pushed that ahead this year. We started partnering with hospitals that are starting to stock them. We've got over a hundred kids enrolled in the program now throughout the country. Wow. Um, but next year is we're really looking to grow that program and bring it nationally. Okay. So we'll be partnering with hospitals throughout the country, hopefully, wow. and having them stock um, those kind of pre-made kits. So it's like a comfort item, a craft, um, a coloring book, uh, something for anxiety, like so like a fidget toy. Um, so that is really what we're going to focus on um, for next year. Wow. That's big. Yeah. Really big. Yeah. It's exciting. I'm that really excited exciting. about it. So what can our um, community do to you know help just today if they're listening? So I think our website is always a great uh, resource as well as our social media okay. channels. Um, I'm always posting updates. We have... Um, we are, we'll be kicking off our toy drive actually at the event. Um, we'll have information about that. Uh, and like I said, this year, I think we're working with, we're waiting on two more, but it should be 15 hospitals we're trying to stock uh, okay. this holiday season. We're always looking for businesses to host one of our collection boxes for us. Okay. Um, so I think, yeah, that's the big thing that we have coming up within the next few weeks and um they can donate on your website too yep okay you can donate through our website um through Which our is... instagram page so it's live liv like a unicorn.org okay and then our social media handles are all live like a unicorn live like a unicorn on facebook and instagram facebook instagram and we're starting twitter oh you're starting twitter good I, yeah i don't know what i'm doing but we're yeah trying. i'm not i don't <laughs> go on twitter right like just personally but yeah it's it's great it's good to be on there that and tiktok i gotta get into oh, I, I, i'm I, very I, lost I on it way too old. <laughs> <laughs> i think it's, it's it's gonna become necessary i don't know who knows for businesses you know organizations yeah, so. i think so but yeah. we'll, we'll try <laughs> <laughs> i'll do my best well thanks again for for coming and hopefully um you know we'll see you at the event this yes. week um wait. come by the live like unicorn table to to learn more about the organization, how to get involved, volunteer opportunities, um, and any questions, obviously, you can reach out to the Mammoth Moms as well, and we can put you um, uh, and to connect with with Emma. Um, Again, our Halloween Spooktacular is Sunday, October 30th. Um, Don't forget to visit themammothmoms.com for local resources this season, um, local event information, and so much more. We're working on our fall catering guide at the moment. Um, That's coming out very soon. So um, all the holiday dinners that you need for Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, you'll have a pretty comprehensive guide to uh, catering facilities in Monmouth County. 
Um, our salon and spa guide every year comes out. So that's coming out soon. So you can find out who to call to look a little bit more energized or get your hair cut <laughs> or where to get your nails done, um, where to get, you know, any of your facials and lasers and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> all kinds of stuff that people are doing. Um, and our holiday fun guide is coming out soon too. So that's, um, that's next. It's, uh, going to be packed with all the, you know, fall, I'm sorry, the holiday festivities, holiday. where to go see Santa, where to do, you know, breakfast with Santa. And Allen's has that big. And Allen's. Yeah. We go there every year for our tree. That's like our, our spot. Um, and where to buy, you know, a Christmas tree this year and where to, um, bring the kids over holiday break, which is always a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) I never know what to do. It's so funny. (laughs) Um, but thank you again for joining us and we will see you soon. Yeah. I can't wait.